Well, we are on the sixth Sunday of uh, a series that we have called Uncharted. And, and it's been, man, it's been fun. We've been in the book of Joshua, where we are going really verse by verse. Almost, almost every verse we have gone through and we have covered. Because we feel like there's some keys in the book of Joshua that help us move into everything that God has for us. How many believe that God still has something for you that you have not fully stepped into? Man, the rest of y'all, y'all must be just bored out of your mind. Come on. Come on. How many believe that God has something for you that you haven't fully stepped into? You got more for you. All right. Good. I'm believing that. If, if not, then I don't know why we're even talking about this. I believe that God has promised some things for us that he wants us to inherit. And that's why they call it the promised land, because there is a promise on it. And Joshua gives us some very clear steps. Our text for this entire series has been Joshua 3 and 4 that says, You have not passed this way before. In other words, there's no grid for what you're going through now. You, I mean, you, I know you've seen some things, but right now you're getting ready to move into some territory that you have not seen before. And so it's uncharted. So you're going to have to really rely on God, His Word. Everybody say obedience. Obedience is the key to it all. If you want to have a thriving, abundant relationship with God, obedience is the key. And obedience is not a word that any of us like to hear or to talk about much, right? But that's the key, being obedient to what God. And the thing I loved about Joshua, what I've, during my study and, and today, uh, during my prayer time this morning, I was just saying, Lord, thank you for Joshua. I was thanking the Lord for this man, Joshua, who stretched himself and allowed God to move into something, move him into something that he didn't really feel like he was ready for, but he was obedient. That's just simple. You don't even have to be the most talented. Just be obedient. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. And some of you talented people are like, man, what about my talent? Well, that'd be, talent, be obedient and talented. That'd be awesome. Last, last week... Uh, we talked about the fact that when God starts something, He also stops something. Anytime God's going to start one thing, He's going to stop something else. But the opposite is also true. Whenever God stops something, He's also starting something. So if you have felt something stopping in your life, just know this. That means God's revving something else up. And the other, mess, the other uh, really uh, nugget that I took away from last week, and I've used this throughout this week, is the battle is the Lord's. So we should just go ahead and lie down and take our shoes off. Now, if you, don't, you need to listen to the message last week. When Joshua saw the Lord's commander, he just laid out in front of him and just took his shoes off, which signified, uh, this is yours, okay? I'm telling you, this is yours. Some of y'all need to hear that right now, that the battle is the Lord's, all right? If he's moved you into something and you're facing an incredible battle, just know you feel in the tension of it. Just know this. If God puts you in this situation, then he's going to fight the battle for you. So you should just lay down in front of him and take your sandals off. Let's continue where we left off last week. Joshua chapter 6 and verse number 1 says this. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. Now remember where we are. They've crossed from the wilderness into the promised land. They have, they've done all they need. They've had the Passover. 
They've, had, they've circumcised. Everybody need to be circumcised. That's two weeks ago. Oh, Lord, help us. That's it. They've taken care of all of that stuff. And now they're looking at the very first city that they're going to come, come against. And it is a fortified city. I mean, it's, it's walled up. I mean, you know that, right? When you use the word Jericho, everybody automatically thinks about what? The walls, because that's what it was known for. Uh, thick, some, some, uh, some uh, theologians say that you could put several chariots side by side and they could race around the top of the walls. They were so thick. So not just tall, but thick, all right? And so this is what Israel's coming up against. And what does the Scripture say? The Scripture says the city was shut down. We're on lockdown. Nobody's going in, nobody's going out. Why? Because they were terrified of the Israelites. I just want to say something to you. The enemy does not want you to step into the territory that God has for you. And he's going to do everything he can to keep you from moving into all that God has for you. And God wants your life to be blessed. He wants your marriage to be blessed, your relationships to be blessed. He wants you walking in complete freedom. He wants you moving in liberty and operating in all of your talents and your giftings and your anointings. That's what God wants. And that's the exact opposite of what the enemy wants. He wants to keep you from moving into everything God has for you. But I just want to say something to you. Any of you ever felt like there's something that's inaccessible to you? Maybe you're feeling that right now. There's an area of your life that you're looking at it, and you're like, I think God's promised that for me, but I don't see any way in. Raise your hand. Now, how many of you automatically start putting that back on yourself? Well, I must not be good enough. I must be too bad. I must have made too many mistakes. But I want to say something to you. I don't want you to write it down. I want you to hear it. I want you to feel it. I want you to get it into your heart. Then I'll say it again and you can write it down. What if you feel something is inaccessible to you and it's not because you're not enough but because the enemy is so afraid? What if you're looking at a situation and you don't see any way in But instead of you looking at yourself and say, I'm not enough, what if you look at that and say, you know, that's so walled up because the enemy's afraid of what I'm going to do when I get in there. Because if God's called you to do it, then you are enough. He's given you everything you need to take whatever territory that he's called. Let's not get an amen from this area right over here. This section right here, all right? It was y'all last week. I'm going to them this week, all right? Just a little bit, all right? Y'all know how to amen. I expect some from over there. (laughs) Joshua 2 goes on and says this. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. The town was on lockdown, impenetrable. There's no way you're getting in. I love that line though. But the Lord said. Now, I'm going to get a little Pentecostal on you, okay? I was raised in Mississippi, the son of a Pentecostal preacher, okay? All right? So I'm going to get a little Pentecostal on you, right? I want you to hear what I'm about to say. When things look impossible, that's the time to start listening to what God has said. In a time of transition, we need to place more value on listening than looking. Now, this is going to help somebody right now. 
when you're moving out of something and into something, we need to place more value on what is being said than what is being seen. Because when you start looking at the situation, I don't know how we're ever going to get this marriage back on track. I don't know how I'm ever going to get my kids to behave or just be anything. Good, help us. I don't know how we're ever going to get out of debt. I don't know how I'm ever going to get over this addiction. I don't know how I'm ever going to have a full, have full relationship, strong relationship with God. I just don't see how I'm ever going to move up in this job. And I don't know. That is the time that you have to stop and listen to what he's saying and give that more value than what you're seeing. Come on, somebody. You may not need this now, but you're going to need it come about 4.30 today, all right? Because the scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight, and faith comes by hearing. Hear it. So today, this is why, this is why I'm going to tell you, I spend a lot of time on this right here. Kristen can tell you, my family can tell you. I spend a lot of time getting ready for Sunday morning, preparing, making sure that I feel like God is speaking. Why? Because I'm a shepherd and I'm supposed to make sure that you got some green, green grass. And I want you to hear what I'm saying today. I want you to hear it. Hear it. Because on Thursday, you're going to see some stuff. There's going to be an attack. It's going to look, the walls are so thick. There's no way we're going to get in. At that moment, switch your value system. And don't look at what you're seeing. Listen to what you're hearing. Y'all, we get a a McCrary sitting by Gwen. Ain't no telling what's going to happen on that second row. I may need y'all to go in that section right over there, all right? <laughs> or maybe y'all could just come over here. Look at your neighbor and say, are you listening? Y'all, I got a whole bunch of notes. I have a feeling I ain't going to get through half of them today. I, don't want, I want to take my time. So listen. Just listen. And don't just listen. Then you need to hear what he's saying. And I would say, don't just hear what he's saying. You need to hear how he's saying it. That's important. How does God speak? Look what he said to him. Let's go back. Bring it back up for me. Joshua 6 and 2. But the Lord said to Joshua. But the Lord said. Walls are thick. Walls are high. But the Lord said. <laughs> Ooh, Lord, help me. But the Lord said. What does he say? Say it, read it out after me on the count of three. One, two, three. I have given you Jericho. Stop. What did he say? I have, I have given you. Jericho. One more time. I have, I have given, given you. Joshua is sitting here looking at a walled up city. But the Lord said. I know it's walled up, but I say. All right, I'm getting that. But what, how are you saying it? Listen how he says it. God spoke in past tense of a future victory. I have given you, Jericho. I know what you see, but I want you to see what I see 
And the only way you're going to see what I'm seeing is if you hear what I'm saying. That's why the enemy attacks your thought process and the way you hear and what you think is a confusion. And I, I believe that I believe technology is one of, one of the greatest things that we can use to reach the world. I believe that. I believe God is going to use technology. It is also one of the greatest ways for us to be attacked. Because it's never off. It's bling, 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 alerts, alarms, just to following, I'm unfollowing, I'm texting, I'm tweeting, I'm, what is all this stuff? It's like, and it gets so much going on that it's so hard to hear what he's saying because you're seeing what you're seeing. And I want us to hear not just what he's saying, but how he's saying it. He is speaking from the other side of it. You see, God, God is, is omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. So if he's omnipresent in space, he's also omnipresent in time because he is eternal. You and I, everything with us is right here. It's linear. It's in time. God operates outside of that. It's an eternal thing. All right? So God can be standing where you're standing, and yet he's also standing in tomorrow and the day after tomorrow. And so he looks at Joshua and he said, I've already given you the city. God already sees it overcome. I have given you the city. I have given it. That's how God talks. I call it past tense, present tense, future tense. Well, I've been starting lately around our house, I'm calling it God tense. God tense. If God needs to go to my past, he can do that. If he needs to go to my future, he can do that. God is wherever God wants to be. And this is how God works. Romans 4 and 17 says this, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now some of y'all got freaked out because I didn't pop up on the screen. That's because I didn't tell them to pop it on the screen. All right, you're looking instead of listening, all right? I want you to listen to what I'm saying. Romans 4 and 17. I didn't even plan that, but that was a pretty good segue, wasn't it? (laughs) Romans 4 and 17. This is how God talks. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. He speaks to things like they're already there. Am I speaking to anybody right now that needs to hear that word in your life? Right where you are. I know I need it. I need it on a daily basis when I know the things that God has promised me. I know it. There's no doubt in my mind what God has promised me. But I start hearing the voices. You know, I start hearing the voices of, of people from my past, people from right here, people, me, me, whatever. Just hearing those voices. And I don't know, I don't know. And you start looking at the thickness of the wall. And God says, I have given you the city. Notice that God gives Joshua the outcome before he ever gives him a battle plan. Remember, we're talking about how does God talk. This is how God talks. Joshua, I have given you the city. I've given you Jericho. I've given you its kings and all of its strong warriors. I've already given them to you. Sometimes I think you and I get messed up because we're looking for the plan instead of focusing on the promise. We're trying to figure out How's this all going to work out? How am I going, if I do that, if we do this, instead of focusing on what God has promised. Look, I'm talking about a God promise, all right? And God does not lie. The Bible says he cannot lie. It's against his nature. So if he has promised you something, then forget about the plan 
and start focusing on the promise and trust Him with the outcome. God's speaking. He wants you to know the outcome. And we're focusing on the plan. And he's like, I'm giving you the outcome. Why do you care about a plan? (laughs) You used to have a friend that would just say, look, just show me the baby. I don't want to hear about the labor of the delivery. Just show me the baby, okay? (laughs) How many strategic people we got here? Raise your hand. Just strategic. You got a plan for all kinds of stuff. Raise your hand. I envy y'all. Come on, I do. How many of y'all like, how many of y'all just like, like me? Like, let's go. Come on. Yeah, let's go. All right. So what do we have to do? We have to surround ourselves with people that are good at planning and step by step. And that's what you do. And I'll encourage you, if you're not a planner, you need to surround yourself with planners. Okay. And if you are a planner, you need to surround yourself with dreamers. Okay. That's how it works. That's how God loves that kind of stuff. But I think sometimes we can get so caught up in the plan. Let me talk to you Excel spreadsheet folks for just a minute, all right? (laughs) Don't get so caught up in the plan that you miss out on having faith in the promise. God has promised us something. And if he's promised it, it will come to pass. One of my favorite passages of scripture, and I've, I've told you this before, but it's the first passage that I really... Uh, I preached my first sermon from this passage um, a long, long time ago. I, was, I don't know how. I preached my first sermon when I was 12 at a youth group. But at 17 is when I, I really preached my first sermon in, like in a big, big group of people. And, and uh, it was from, from 1 Samuel 17, 48 that says, When David drew near to Goliath, that he ran toward the entire Philistine army. Now stop thinking about that. Little David with a sling, already facing a giant. But he doesn't just run at the giant. He runs toward the entire army. The whole army. Like, come on, y'all. I'll take on all y'all. I don't care. Let's go. How can you do that? You do that by going back to a day that an old man anointed you with oil and said, you're going to be king. And you can look at a giant and go, I ain't king yet. So obviously you're standing between me and my destiny. You can look at an army, go, y'all too. I ain't king yet, so I'll take on all y'all. Hittites, parasites, whatever. Y'all bring bring all your family, all your friends. Let's go. And that's why the psalmist wrote, I could run through a troop. I could leap over a wall. Like, I don't care. But you got to have that promise. you got to have that promise that you're holding on to. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know what God has promised me. Some of you right now, but I don't feel like I've got that promise from my life. I ain't talking about your life. I'm talking about the promises of God, okay? You're, now you start making it all about you now. Don't make it about you. I need to hear a direct promise. And I believe God does that. I believe God promises specific things. But right now, I want to talk about just the things that he promises to all of us. The things that he says to us. If you're a part of my body, if you're in my family, this is what I'm going to do for you. Matter of fact, don't you love this? Watch this. Matthew 16 and 18 says this, that the Lord Jesus looks at Peter and he says to him, I say to you that you're Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Did not give Peter the plan. Gave him the outcome. Didn't give him step by step on how to set up church government. 
Just gave him the outcome. Straight away, this is what we're going to do. One translation says the gates of Hades will not overcome it. The New Living Translation says all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Let me remind each and every one of us, the outcome is this. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The outcome is not a question. We win. The old song says, I read the back of the book and we win. Matter of fact, the scripture says they're going to parade Satan in front of all of us and we're going to go, what? So all the nations are going to go, this is the one that terrified us? This one? I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready for that day. Right? And I'm ready to see that. So what you do when you feel like the enemy's so big in your life and depression is so big and despondency and distraction, it's, it's looming so big in your life, you've got to open up the back of the book and go, wait a minute, we have already been promised that we're going to win. We're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We win. Look at your neighbor and say, we win. Come on, get a little Mississippi Pentecostal on you and yell at them and say, we win. Y'all, if there was ever a reason to be a part of the church, that's it. Oh my goodness, that right there. I get so sick of people like, well, the church has hurt me and the church, I can't figure out what church. Look, just get in the church. Be a part of the church. Because when you're a part of the church, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Now, I'm telling you, if you're out there by yourself just wandering, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's tough. you got to get locked on. Be a part of the body, the church, the body of Christ. We win. That should be, right there, that should just be our invitation to everybody. Hey, come be a part of the church because we win. Come on, coach, who doesn't want to be a part of a winning team? I'm telling you right now, if I pick losing team, mediocre team, winning team, I know where I'm going, right? And I'm just going to that, right? Pick me. I'm in. I'm in to that. If you're a part of the church, you're a part of the promise. If the outcome is for the church, that means that the outcome is for you because you're a member of the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. It is not God's will for hell to prevail in your life. Write that down. It is not God's will for hell to prevail in your life. In any area. Sickness, sin, torment, torture. What do you think of when you think of hell? Anguish? Sleeplessness? Worry? Stress, jealousy, anger, strife, bitterness, sin. What is it? What is it? It is not God's will for any part of hell to prevail in your life. None of it. He said, I haven't just given you Jericho, but I've given you its king, and I'm giving you all the strong warriors. I've given them all to you. They're all yours. It is not God's will for hell to prevail in your life. So if that's true, then the opposite is also true. It is God's will for heaven to prevail in our lives. What does heaven look like? Love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and meekness and temperance and faith and health and life abundantly, right? 
How many of you want that? How many believe you can have it? That's the key right there. You want it right now when we're all together. We just came off a of beautiful, and the praise is yours, and it's sweet, and it's beautiful, and we're laughing, and people are crying, and it feels good right now. But I'm talking about Tuesday, you know? Monday's not my tough day. It's Tuesday. How many of y'all? Tuesday, Monday, I, I get ready for Monday. Let's go, Monday. Me and you going to go. I'm ready for you. Let's go. Got you, Monday. Oop, Tuesday. Here you are. Whack right in the face. <laughs> I don't know what day it is for you. Sometimes the week just switches it up, doesn't it? Like, so you, I'm ready for you Tuesday, Thursday? What are you doing Thursday? Whatever it is for you, I don't know what it is, but you, you're going to need this, this moment right here to say it is not God's will for hell to prevail right now. It's God's will for heaven to prevail. Keep your eyes on the promise. Come on, keep your eyes on the promise. I just feel the Holy Spirit just a pause right now. Thank you, Lord. Listen to me. Listen. Listen to what I'm saying to you. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear him. He wants you to get your eyes off of the walls. Because when you look at the walls, you're like, I'm not big enough for this. I'm not good enough for this. I'm not strong enough for this. I can never break those walls down. You hearing me? And then the next thing is, then you start thinking about the plan. You're like, how am I ever going to do this? How in the world are we ever going to? we got to get a plan together. Come on, let's go. And he's wanting you right now, forget about the walls. Forget about the plan. Focus on the promise. What has he promised you? What has he said to you? What are you ready to fight for? Now listen, it doesn't take the work completely out of our hands. They still had to fight. We'll get to that in a minute, or maybe a month. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to get to that at some point, 2018. We'll get to it. <laughs> the fight happens. They go in and they take the city. They use their swords. But that's what we're talking about right now. We're talking about pre-fighting, pre-battle. We're talking about right here, right now. How? Get your eyes off of what you see. And get your ears tuned into what God is trying to say to you. Listen to what I'm telling you. Listen to what he's saying to you. If he has covered you with his blood, you are enough. I don't feel worthy. You're not, but his blood makes you worthy. But if I was just holier, his blood makes you holy. All right? Matter of fact, your rags of righteousness make him gross out. But this filthy, yeah, don't even bring that mess around me. I don't even want to hear it. Don't want to talk about it. What I do want you doing is saying, God, I know I'm not good enough, but I know by your blood and by your grace that you see me good enough. Amen? Get this identity in you. Come on, get this identity in you. Let me tell you why worship is so powerful. We're just going off notes right now. We're coming in strong, all right? We're going to bring it in for a landing, but we, have, we may shudder a little bit on the way in. Stay with me, all right? Listen, that's why worship is so strong because it's, the, it's a cyclical thing that happens where we begin to say, and the praise is yours, you alone are worthy. And yet the scripture says when he looks at us, he sees us worthy. You are holy. And the scripture says when he looks at us, he sees us holy and blameless and spotless. 
And it's this beautiful thing we're talking out in the lobby today about our love languages. And mine's words of encouragement followed by touch. So that's why I hug y'all and tell you you're awesome. You know, that's just because I want you to do the same to me, all right? That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's, Kristen's is quality time. And I love how God, God is love, so he's all of them. He's just all of them. He showers them out and he brings them back. If y'all know what I'm talking about, you need to read the book, The Five Love Languages. It will wreck your world and change your world all at the same time, okay? But I, we were talking about the fact that when, when Kristen, and, and, I, and you've, I noticed it, baby. My wife has been making a noticeable effort lately to speak my love language. And I thank her every time. I noticed that you touched me and you said I was awesome, okay? I noticed that. I'll come sit with you and drink coffee, okay? We'll have quality time together. I noticed that. But what I've learned is that when she does that to me, it makes me want to do that to her, Right? When I'm receiving, I want to give. Same for you. When you. It's this beautiful, that's what worship is. It's like this beautiful thing where we're looking up, we're going, you're worthy. And he goes, so are you. You're holy. You're holy. What, God says I'm holy? Yes. You're strong. You're strong. You're gracious. You're gracious. That's why worship is so powerful. The praise is yours. The praise is yours. One we bow before. And he just laughs it right back on us. I love you. 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 11 o'clock may not get this, but you're getting it today, right? I may stick with my notes at 11, but somebody needs to hear this right now. Quit looking at the wall, sweetheart. We're looking how thick they are, how tall they are. And then because what happens is then you go, man, if we could ever, if we do get through the walls, then there's like mighty warriors over there and kings and Lord. He says, that's all right. I've already given you the walls. I've given you the king. I've given you the mighty warriors. They're all yours. Come on, God's promised that for somebody today. So look at your neighbor and say, I want you to quit focusing on the plan and focus on the promise. Now next week we're going to get on the plan, okay? Because God doesn't just give us a promise. He does give us a plan. Amen? But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a little secret about next week. God's plans never look like our plans. Amen? Let me tell you why. Because God's plans work. <laughs> We're trying to talk him into our plans. He's like, now nah, I've seen your plans, okay? I've seen them and I've seen the outcome. I know how they work. How about we stick with mine, okay? That's the next week. That's the next week. You know, I don't ever ask you to do this. I don't think I've ever asked you to do this. But I would love for some of you that are 9 o'clock to hang out at 11. I'd love for you to hang out. You've never been to two services before? It's pretty cool. We do it every week, you know. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> I think sometimes y'all forget there's like a whole other church that shows up at 11 here. Like, I would encourage you, get a double dose of this today, all right? Just get a double dose. We'll put out some more chairs. Come on, come up here, Gabe. Gabe, you did a great job leading us in worship today, man. You ever want to hear a story about somebody that, that 
has had to focus on the promise instead of the plan. This cat right here. I'll never forget meeting him the first time right back there. When I shook his hand, he burst into tears, just sobbing uncontrollably. And we prayed together, didn't we, G? Prayed together. I didn't really know his story. You'll be hearing his story. We see your story right now, though. Been here since 6 o'clock this morning, setting up. Got a daughter in the back. Been here since 6 o'clock. Our kid's pastor showed up at 6 a.m. to take care of his daughter so he could do this. How do you do that? Focusing on the promise. I know there's a promise. There's a promise. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to start playing miracles. Is that where you are? Yeah, yeah. Let's stand.